hunting, fishing, and all things outdoors. It's not just a hobby, it's a lifestyle. Welcome to the Green Top Outdoors podcast with your host, Hunter Brooks. All right, welcome to the Green Top Outdoors podcast. Hey, I've got Shut uh, Up Dyke here returning. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, how the business is going and how archery season's going. And with him is Mark Boyd, who is also uh, in the kind of the same business as Judge. Uh, Mark, how you doing this, the, today? Doing good, doing good. good. So tell us a little bit about uh, your end of the business. Um, you know, I guess you are you take on a certain portion of the state. Uh, where where Jutt's in, Jutt and Albert, and who is not here, but Albert, uh, the western part of the state, correct? Yep, yeah, and Daniel. And Daniel, yeah. yep. Yeah, I'm more north-central okay. of the state, and, you know, my, my company's Back 40 Drone Works. Okay. So it's spelled with an X at the end. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so got into this, and then I found Albert, and I contacted him, and Albert told me about Jutt. All right. And then that's how, you know, I knew there was – two big competitors but instead of competing hey let's work together yeah and uh you know so did you just get into the drone stuff just because as a hobby at first well or? i i work for a mapping company okay nv5 geospatial so i've been doing aerial work for 20 30 years now okay so uh quite familiar with it right on but been flying drones for probably the past seven years i would say and uh, and then you know I saw Mike with drone deer recovery and mm-hmm. I thought, hey, let's give that a shot because that's right up my alley. I love helping people, and you know I had my part 107, so I was like, all I got to do is start an LLC and I'm rolling. It's a good way to stay busy in the fall, that's for sure, right? Right, Judd? Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and Mark's a very accomplished hunter. Um, okay. Like he hunts Kansas, Illinois. Um, he's got some land. Uh, back home in Madison County, and he's nice. taking some incredible deer. So nice. Along with that experience and having a lot more experience than probably I would say Daniel, Albert, and myself combined with drones. You know, he's a he's a good one to have. Good. You know, if you're uh, if you get a deer down. Well, that's kind of part of what we're going to talk about here, and that's uh, it's it's is it's experience and um, part of. Uh, Part of hunting experience is tracking and being able to establish um, how you're going to track your game that you have shot um, is is a pretty critical part of the hunt. I think a lot of people don't realize how critical it is. Uh, you find blood, that's great, but you know what do you do? What do you do at that point? Um, do, do you call Jut or do you? Do you back off? Whatever, which we're going to get into that, um, because so far you've you've had some experiences so far um, since bow season opened up that um, I think can can really shed some light on some do's and don'ts, I guess, to other hunters. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, first of all, the thanks to you guys, everybody that you know shares our content, um, puts our stuff out there. I expected opening week, you know, to just kind of be like maybe a call or two, you know, mm-hmm. and we marketed ourselves very heavily for this time of year. Sure. You know, I mean, having that drone since March, I've been dying for someone to pay for it to be used, you know? Yeah. And, um, oh gosh, it's been nuts. I mean, I was getting one, two, three calls sometimes a day and, um, you know, the, the, the static, I think, uh, 30,000 foot view looking in that I would say I, I saw more than anything is folks shot the deer 
And like one guy, for example, is like, yeah, I waited like seven or eight minutes. I got down, I walked up. Um, I didn't see as much blood as I thought I'd like to see. Um, so I called my buddies and we've been grid searching, you know, and I'm like, whoa, like we don't even know what kind of shot we have. And we already, you know, turned to grid search and like, that's a good way to jump a deer. And he's like, yeah, we jumped him. I'm like, yeah. okay, you know? And he's like, so what do you think? And I'm like, hey, I can come out. But, you know, it was a warm day. It was like 76 that day, if I remember right. So the sun shined on these leaves all day. Mm -hmm. So even at 10 o'clock at night, unless you get rain or, you know, an overcast, I think we're past these hot days. Um, I hope so. Thankfully. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I get out there at 10 o'clock. Those things are still glowing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm able to see deer. No, no problem the fields and the thickets and all that like they stick out like a sore thumb it's not if you're going to see them but maybe even getting that light to penetrate through and the zoom lens at the same time that proved to be probably more of the challenge i say that but there's plenty of holes right and well you know you were talking about ideal conditions ideal conditions for you is probably the opposite for a hunter who's tracking like if it's raining and wet yeah it's tough to track well for some, you know what I mean. If, yeah. if you if you if you're tracking blood, but you know, there's other ways to track. You know, which we could probably get into that too. Uh, but for for you, those are ideal conditions in trying to find something. It can't get better, right? You know, and these deer hold heat for days after they're shot. So this isn't some of the one of those like, gosh, do I call the drone guy? Do I pay the four twenty five? Do I just get my buddies and hope for the best? You don't have to feel that stress immediately. Um, what I found open at night i got a phone call um at the we were at the expo yeah I, here all day got home just finally warmed up a plate of food you know and i'm like whew, you know ring 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 i'm like oh man is, is this it so you know i answer the phone and the guy's like all right man so here's the deal i shot my target buck tonight in my food food plot he's like um he was getting lower in light and when i shot i know i hit him it was a, it was a 52 yard shot and I'm like, okay. And he goes, I can't find my bolt, and I really don't have any blood. In my, you know. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, my brother wants to, you know, get a couple buddies and let's just, you know, find this deer. And then I'm also thinking like, or maybe we should get a dog, but I don't want to jump it. Right. I'm like, this is the dream customer right here, like right off mm -hmm. the bat. Right. You know. And so we make a plan. I show up at like 10 o'clock. Um, went up, checking multiple deer. Boom, I, I hit the, the spotlight and the zoom lens and you just you can hear it on the video. They're like, Oh, that's my deer. And he's walking with the bolt sticking out of him that uh -huh. looks like it's in the bread basket. Yeah. And it's like, what in the world? You know? So I'm like spinning around him trying to get better angles where I can like really see where that bolt went in, you know, and I was ready for a set of batteries, so I marked him where he was because he really wasn't moving far, so we'd have somewhere to track, you know, so we could um, follow up to the next day we come back and land and they're like well, what do we do and i'm like I, there's nothing you can do you know like, he's alive right now yeah. and you know he's going to take some time i don't know if you didn't, i don't know why you didn't get penetration and this is another thing i feel like is really worth sharing this is an uh lesser experienced hunter okay he's probably 24 25 if i had to guess he's like man i, I hadn't had time to like uh shoot my compound i'm busy with work my life everything is going on so i went and bought that the newest raven like twenty eight hundred dollars yeah it was i get home and i shoot it through this target and the bolt's gone i'm stacking targets together and i can't stop these bolts so i even go and buy a much more durable 
target that can handle these bolts and you're telling me i didn't get enough penetration and i'm like we're able to look at the screen you know you got a flat screen tv in the back of the truck that's showing you exactly what just happened right so i get home at about midnight and he we've got the show the next day and he's like what would it take to get you to come back out here in the morning I'm like, oh boy you know it's i got a long day again tomorrow sure but I, I wanted him to find it dear and i wanted the first w for all of us you know with the with the drone went back there in the morning and lo and behold i find that rascal again 300 yards away from where he was still standing there with a bolt in him i'm baffled at this point wow. i mean i actually had it pulled up on the controller at, in the booth for people to like kind of see when they came over like this is exactly what happened um monday morning he texts me a picture of the deer hitting a scrape still got the bolt in him wow so so it was uh the high uh, no man's land is must have been just high up in that it's exactly that high tissue area yeah and so the, the the learning curve from that for him more importantly the hunter um just because i feel like we live in this world so much more right now with the drones he got the best learning life experience he could have because a he didn't run that deer out of the country b he's still getting him on camera he's hunting this deer again this no longer is a recovery this is now going back to hunting yeah so that was tremendous um and then the calls kind of headed downhill for a little while <laughs> after that you know i i guess with knowing y'all and being able, having the ability to build my own content we've been really beefing this up so i've been getting a lot of calls and some people are like ah you know what it's this sounds great but i don't think that's for me i'm you know i, I can't pay that and then other folks are like you know i had a guy actually clean mist I felt so bad for him because here he called me out late at night and we're looking around and I'm like, geez, dude, I checked every deer on the property and they all look alive and well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, got a healthy looking deer herd here. Right. Nobody looks sick or dead, you know, and end up, he, he just flat out missed the deer. Yeah. But the one common occurrence that I'm seeing more than anything, and before I even get into that, I want to talk about something that you and I discussed quite a bit. I shot deer that's shot well through the lungs through through the heart liver liver lung a deer that's shot fatally is dead in 10 seconds or less yeah, absolutely okay and i'm not talking 100 percent. i'm talking you shoot through both lungs you smoke them it's 10 seconds or less granted he could cover 150 yards in 10 seconds sure but that deer's dead in 10 seconds um when you get down out of your stand and you go up and you find your bolt, your arrow, you go to the place of your shot and you're starting to look at that blood and you're like, you know, this ain't very thick or even worse puddles, you know, that's where you have to really, really kind of think for yourself. Like, okay, what's going on here? Because the, if you don't do anything past that point and you just back out, you're already in the plus because your, your statistics of finding that deer after you jump it go down over 50% in my opinion. And, and let's not forget, when those deer run off, they don't, they're not like, oh, there's a hunter with his new compound bow by Matthews. You know, they're not, they're just, they just know something's wrong. Right. So they run and they stop because they need to try to understand like, all right, what's going on with me? You know, they're going to turn around in bed and watch that back trail. So when you come be bopping up through there with your buddies and your cousins and everybody lights flashing all over, that deer grabs another gear and he is gone, Jack. That seems to be when people are calling us. Like after we've, they've looked everywhere they've pushed it they know they jumped it then they're calling us out there and it's like he could be anywhere from three square miles um you know and we're flying and looking and looking and you know it's you know our our, our statistics go down where we would really like for it to be is where you shoot you already know 
this didn't work out as planned. He's not laying here. This blood is not good. I'm going to go ahead and back out. Call us. And then we put eyes on that deer. That's going to be the biggest difference. Mark, I mean, yeah, you agree? I, agree? I agree. I mean, that's the biggest factor right now is, is pushing them out of the county, basically. Yeah. Uh, the one the one call that I had, I've had a few calls. Most of them actually found the deer before they committed to to coming out, which is good for them. That's good. Bad yeah. for me. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, the one call that I did go out on, it was the same case. The deer was pushed a long ways, and, uh, you know, the blood got thin just because we suspect that it was flat out running at that point. It, yeah. it had had enough. And like you said, it knew it was being pursued, and, you know, it checked out. Yeah, let them get comfortable, right? Yeah. Yeah, just let them expire, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. or at least let us, where we can look at them and see, is, are his ears down? You know, is he haptic breathing, you know? Like, right. is this deer, like, you know, is he on his way out or is he in recovery? You know, we can tell a lot. I mean, these lights are super bright, and the zoom lens is incredible. Yeah. Well, you know, recovery is usually the last thing a hunter's thinking about at this. At, I mean, they just want to get a shot at a buck. Or duh, whatever it or is. Or the buck, yeah. And, you know, you're really not considering anything because you can't really plan on, well, I think if, if I shoot it, it's going to run this way. You can't plan on that either because we all know what happens. You yeah. know, it's Murphy's Law when, when it comes to hunting, you know. But, you know, be, ha, being patient, and I know it's it's tough. When you shoot the buck of a lifetime or, you know, buck nasty that you've been seeing all summer and you get a shot at them and you finally, you finally stick them, you know you want to get out and you want to get find that buck absolutely i think one of the most key the key things to do and i think a lot of people do this but sometimes it's easy to forget or it's it's forget what you see is pay attention to what the deer is doing after you shoot it um you know maybe you know maybe maybe you can stand this time of year is tougher because it's still a lot of foliage on the on, on the trees and stuff and it's hard to see but um if you know you made a good shot on it, then just just watch it. Just be sure, you know. And yeah. and and like you said, sometimes they'll run. They'll run 100, 150 yards, and they'll fall down and die. That's it. That's it. Yep. Yeah. And it, this is the other um, thing because again, this is newer technology anyway, um, especially for us too. I mean, we're you know we all have a lot of experience with deer hunting, guiding, filming, whatever our you know our backgrounds are, and that definitely helps with knowing how to fly what i'm looking for you know based on what the hunter's telling me like we're able to look at a map you know before we even go do the flight because i'm waiting for the earth to cool down and be like there's my water that's probably more realistic you know and so i've kind of got that in my mind because when we show up you know one of the things you can expect to see is you're going to see me pull out a generator you're going to see a tv fold down you're going to see me pull out some bar stools we're going to get the TV f- fired up. I get all my extra batteries going on the charger. And then I'm HDMI into that TV. So everybody can look, everybody can hang out right at that tailgate and they can see what's going on. The biggest tool besides the infrared camera and zoom lens and spotlight is the map. That is a Google map, like from Google Earth. Mm-hmm. So we're able to zoom in and look at the property with the hunter and then be like, yeah, my tree stands in that point. He came in from here. I shot him and he went here. Yeah. That tells us a, a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we have a starting point. We know where he's not. Sure. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that I got I learned over the years, um, actually from Tom Miranda years ago, when he was talking about getting a new place and deciding how to hunt it, he said color the map in. If it's a pond, color it red. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a railroad track, 
color it red. If it's a road, color it red. See, a house, a barn. It allows you to take the map and push it away from you and see all the pinch points. Right. They literally will show them to you. Mm-hmm. It's no different with what we're doing on a search, okay? Yeah. But the one thing that I don't have the answer to, and I, I brought this up to you for 12 days now until I'm blue in the face. When I'm up searching, I'm seeing thermals through foliage in a lot of cases, but I don't know. I, I can't get my light through it or my zoom lens through it. And if it looks good enough, I'm going to mark a latitude longitude. We're just going to go in on foot and you know find it that way. That's how we found the big eight the other day in Charles City. Yep. Um, yeah, which was a moose. But I don't know if it's three leaves or if it's 30 leaves that stop that. All I know is every day we're getting closer to less leaves, and yeah. I'm be happy to be done yeah. talking about them. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But, For you sure. know, you... You say that, and next thing you know, you know, like, okay, there's a thermal. Well, you can see where it's clearest. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's black dark, you know? And you see where it's the clearest, and you turn that light and that zoom lens on. You're shooting through a hole in the trees. And the more you zoom in with that light, all of a sudden it's like you see them like, what in the world? Looking up at you, like, how do they get? So you find those holes. It's not finding the thermal. It's sometimes getting the lens and the light to the the thermal. Yeah, that's the hardest part with leaf on. Yeah. Is getting the light to the being able to see through that canopy yeah because that the infrared can see way better than than our camera and the light can get through and that's why i'm saying i don't know if it's like three leaves three oak leaves in a, in a row yeah 13 or 33 you know yeah. i don't know where that blockage comes from or where you know the i think the biggest thing that really threw me for a loop was how long after dark those some of these like softer like an oak leaf or sweet gum, those trees, mm-hmm. how long they truly hold heat. Yeah. I was up in Fluvanna looking for a, uh, or a Goochland, looking for a bear along the James River. And um, I was pretty cool. My, It was late and I was exhausted, but my wife wanted to go and my son overheard us talking. So I ended up with all three kids and my wife. <laughs> so yeah, the, the hunters loved it. And that's been the coolest part. Everybody like just loves it. And they, that's the first time they've really seen their property from a drone you know, aspect, yeah. even though it's dark, but they're really like, this is crazy. You know, like you're looking for a deer, but you're checking all your thermals. Yeah. So it's like, there goes a fox. There's a possum, there's a rabbit, and they're like, this is incredible. So you can really truly see the the true power behind this drone. I mean, it's impressive. Well, and you know, not just from from the perspective of if you've got a piece of property, you think you know your property until, like you said, until you look at it from above. And you, when you look at it at nighttime and you truly see, look at all the creatures that are on my property yeah. at nighttime, mm-hmm. you know, you just never know. I mean, it's, it's, and like, you know, some of the other services you provide, you know, as well, you know, preseason, um, you know, just uh, mapping people's property and things like that. It's it's interesting, you know, and I think, you know, once people see this, like you said, they kind of get hooked on it. They're like, wow, you know. Yeah, because the I thermal didn't really is, is more like heat differential. It doesn't even have to be like the leaves glowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've even had bedded bucks. They get up from their bed and 15, 20 minutes after they're up, the bed is still glowing. Yeah, yeah. that's super awesome. So it's just a heat differential. It doesn't need to be something that's living alive. Yeah. Yeah. no but i mean if we're going to call a deer 98.6 okay we have a thermometer right on the drone so we have a little crosshair i usually set mine up somewhere around that my dead center x mm-hmm. i'll just kind of have it so i can like point it at stuff just to kind of see but also at the top there's a scale it shows me the coldest thing and the, and the warmest thing <laughs> so like these cool awesome mornings we've had like uh Monday morning when we found the big eight point from Charles City it was showing me the ground had something as 
cold as 32, but no warmer than 41. And so you can look all around the screen and it's like, oh, I see what it's seeing. The little low spot in the field where a hay bale was, it picked a hay up a week before. That hay, that little clump of waste hay was still holding heat more than the rest of the field from the week before. Yeah. So that sun, whatever that sun did yesterday was still affecting me 12 hours later. Oh, yeah. 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're sitting there and it's like, I had to check every one of those clumps of hay too because they look good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I'm like, going around the field. But, you know, on my ride home, you know, you, I kind of debrief myself, you know, and kind of like, well, how did that go? What, what did I learn from that? And that's, so a lot of the questions that I think we're getting, and I'll let Mark kind of go off on um, what his experience with questions specific too, but how long will a deer hold heat? Yeah, I I think that's going to go in a multitude of different directions, but I can tell you at least a couple days. Yeah, for sure. Because like I said, it's only the differential that counts. Mm-hmm. And then what I try and tell people that don't know, because they're like, how do the thermals work? I said, well, in a perfect scenario, like if it's rained, it's almost like turning the lights out. Everything's completely black and everything alive has their light on. And you just go see what that light is take a look you go to the next light take a look yep. and you just move on like that sometimes you can't take for granted unless you're in a field you can't take for granted like a possum or something because if it's in the woods the leaves are blocking it and you may just be seeing part of a deer so you can't be like well that's too small to be a deer yeah, yeah. so you have to start learning if it's in the field you can see the complete outline okay you don't need to take a look because you can clearly tell that that's not big enough to be a deer mm-hmm but certainly as time goes on, like 48 hours after, your uh, the size needs to drop because the core of the deer is cooling off and he's going to be hotter in the center. So what you, you'd you want to see like a complete outline, but you're not going to see that. You're going to see the heat signature. But you can still find it. You can still find still it, Still find yeah. it. Hmm. Plus scavengers. Scavengers often give away the position of a carcass. That's what I was going to say. If... Uh you know, if, if that guy was, you said mentioned earlier about somebody. Well, I'm worried about the coyotes getting to him. That's well, you know, we, that makes that means we can find them even easier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or, and, no, and and you know, let's let's go back to why we're using a drone to start with. You know, yeah, I get it. Most of the time, it's going to be for a trophy buck, but there, it's also we're trying to help. It's a, it's a resource available to try to help find the deer, which I feel every hunter is responsible sure you know you, you if you take the time to go out and lease land and hang stands and do all this other and you're going to shoot a deer and be like ah you know you're not a hunter you know what i mean like it, we owe that to the animal we mm-hmm. shot it we need to find it and you know i'm not not that i'm trying to like plug us for promotion in that case like do the right thing right call yeah, the drone but i'm being i'm i mean very truthful about it that there was enough calls this week that were contrary once I gave them the price, they were like, "Oh, it's not that big. I'm I'm not spending the money on that." It's like, "Geesh, guys, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know that wasn't that was not what I expected to hear." But yeah. and and I understand it's not for everyone. Like you know, everyone has a budget, and or in today's economy, I get it. Yeah. But when you arrow that buck of a lifetime, and you're like, "Gosh, I wish I could just see from above." Just I wish I knew what that deer was doing. Is he is he expired? Is he alive? We now have that. That's an actual realistic thing. Yeah. That's right. And you know. You brought it up just a second ago, um, the coyotes. 
so many times this week i'm on the phone with guys and guys i get it i mean as a, as a lifetime bow hunter hunting, hunting out west hunting specific deer and, and yeah and targeting big animals i know what it feels like and it's the best feeling in the world there's no drug on the planet that can get you to that feeling when you let that arrow fly mm-hmm. i get it and i call on my friends and all that too but i've seen so much of this go bad by being a cameraman, by being a guide. You know, when I first moved out west, and I've done a couple of posts this week about it, when I first moved out west, I'm sitting there at this outfit, big outfitter, youngest guy in the totem pole, and I'm reading the rules and everything, and it's like, rule number one, stay in the tree stand until we get to you. I'm like, that's kind of a little severe, ain't it, you know? No, no, I understood why they said that. Yeah. Because folks were getting down and trying to take off on these deer. Yeah crossing property lines where they're not supposed to be yeah pushing these well, it's deer da- it's dangerous yeah. yeah yeah and pushing these deer i mean here it is rifle season you got people walking around on strange area they're not even from this state yeah. Road ruining somebody else's hunt exactly yeah. I, and it was just like now the neighbors are like upset the farmers like oh, i'm not gonna lease it anymore there's too much drama behind us now nobody gets to have fun yeah so i get it and 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 i'm not trying to say hey as soon as you shoot before you call your wife call me it's not what i'm saying at all what i'm saying is like just take your time be a good idea though yeah it would (laughs) (laughs) yeah but get when you get down collect yourself because what happens next is going to dictate if you find that animal or not i put it up against 99 up to 100 sure knowing what i know now i would certainly if i didn't see that deer fall having access to this technology even if i didn't have it i'd call you i'd call somebody just to see because I know how haywire it can go. I've seen the most perfect shot, center punch, <clears throat> nailed them, just go way wrong. I mean, we watched a video the other day of that buck. Oh my gosh! Complete yeah, the cornfield. Yeah, complete pass through. And I mean, massive blood coming out of this buck. The amount of blood coming out <laughs> is just crazy. His ears down. I mean, just you can tell this buck is. I just mean, not gonna make sick. it. Yeah. But they waited. Was it? 24 hours 24 hours 24 hours figuring he'd be dead but they went in there and it jumped him wow and jumped him yeah so i and and like i said i mean there's too many variables like i can't you know it'd be like asking you hunter to stand at the register and and make sure everyone understands what they just bought for the day at green top yeah anything you're going to gain you're giving up yeah whether it's going to be kinetic energy you know like hey i want to shoot really really fast probably recommend shooting a fixed blade then you know you're going to drop down and you're going to be shooting an arrow less than 350 grains or 400 grains you know you probably want to be shooting a mechanical or or a fixed blade but what i where i'm seeing a lot is a certain broadhead and i'm not going to crap on them but everybody knows who i'm talking about and then they go with a lighter arrow Mm -hmm. and you're getting not getting penetration you know a deer shot with two holes is always better than a deer shot with one. That's right. But going back to what I was already kind of headed down with. Easier to track that way, too. 100%. You don't even have to call us most cases, you know. Right. But, you know, when someone goes with a heavy arrow and they want to shoot these big, giant expandables, go for it. Whatever. I mean, you see them on TV and all that. I mean, the holes. I mean, it's just, you about need to take a gallon of water with you to clean them up. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Because it's just incredible what they'll do. But if you're going to shoot a dull broadhead... You can shoot them just like you think, I mean, just right through the X and have this goofy stuff happen. Yeah. And I think we experience that way more than we give it credit because, you know, like I started down earlier about, we were talking about the coyotes. You know, you, how many calls this week? It's like, well, I don't have the best blood, but I'm going to go anyway. I'm like, well, wait, wait, wait. If you don't have good blood, like you, you could jump it. Yeah, but I got to work tomorrow. 
and I don't want the coyotes to get it. I'm like, yeah, but even if you get there and works tomorrow and the coyotes aren't there yet, when that deer sees you, he's getting up and running away. Coyotes are going to enjoy him anyway, and you're still going to work tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. just yeah. tell us where it is. You go to work. I'll go find it. You know, that's that's really where I feel like the thought process needs to be more realistic. Like, yeah, but I got I to gotta work tomorrow. Like, well, I don't know. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't You knew work. that when you went hunting today. Right. Right? I shot a giant buck in Illinois in the morning. I mean, just absolute. Turned out to be 180 inches, but just a giant oh, wow. buck. I shoot this buck. I hit him back. I already know I hit him back. I can see the book, the arrow hanging out of his guts. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, this went way wrong. And he's hunched over going up a severe hill. I mean, just, but I could tell he's hurt. Yeah. But I thought, I, you know, I probably got liver too because it was angling back. So, but I knew I was like, I didn't even dare look for him until the next morning. Yeah, I mean, I I knew the coyotes were going to eat them, and actually, that's how I found them. I found coyotes before I found the deer. Yeah. Now, they didn't eat at all, but I mean, sometimes they will. But if I'd have pushed that deer, that deer was still warm though. You know, when mm-hmm. I gutted them, you know, he still yep. had warmth in him, so he he would have still he, shown up. Yeah. So yeah. He wouldn't have expired if I would have went after him at lunchtime sure. or later that evening. But with a drone, I would have known for sure whether I could have got in there or not. Yeah. And, and and I know it's tough because, it, you know, especially in the morning, you know, you stick one. And even though you know you shot back a little bit, you know you shouldn't go after him. But, you, but what else am I going to do? I got all day. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, but, you know, it, do do yourself a favor and just be patient. Sure. You know, we've all learned from from do's and don'ts, you know, on tracking and things like that. And that's one of the things I think a lot of us as hunters we do lack is this, as it's patient sometimes. And 100%. It's, uh, it's difficult to, to not want to go and, and find what you just shot. Especially if you get a little bit of blood, you're like, "Well, I got to find more. Got to find more." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Before you know it, you've traveled so far, and it's like you look back to where the tree stand is, and it's like, "I've gone 250 yards." I got news for you: you're not going to like what's at the end of that. Right. You know what I mean? Like these these. If you think you should wait an hour, wait four. I mean, just really give the deer time because these things, as we've learned over the years, are so resilient and so tough yeah. i mean you watch these and i always said big deer die hard you know the muzzleloader season just opened in iowa early muzzleloader yeah and i was watching one of mark Drury's cameramen this morning i mean absolutely poleaxes this this big buck right behind the shoulder and this thing's going and i'm like he ain't gonna make it out of the field you know i'm, I'm like the commentator right i'm watching hunting shows. <laughs> and i mean it's everything in his body to keep that going i mean you can he's so tensed up his tail's just ripped underneath him he's going he's going he's going and i mean it's like a violent like yeah. that's it yeah i mean it's like he just find his just his whole body just gave out big deer die hard and, yeah. and i'll stand by that for the rest of my life I, you can shoot a two-year-old and shoot a five and a half year old in the exact same spot and it seems like that two-year-old's laying about another hundred yards and there's nothing near the goofiness in the blood trail yeah. right you know them big deer man it's like they make you earn them they yeah. always want to get to that cover no matter what it's 100 yards or 200 yards it always seems they can make it to the woods to the edge they get to the edge and then crash <laughs> yeah and typically in y'all in y'all's experiences too is uh, one th- good thing to remember because sometimes during black powder I've had guys that uh, have shot and they weren't sure where to start looking because of the smoke. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and I always tell some of my guys, look, hey man, go to the last place you, you saw them 
where where was he coming from? Was he coming out of the woods into a food plot? Go right back to where he, he entered the food plot yeah. and check there. You know, because sometimes, yeah, you kind of sh- throw your hands up. I'm not sure where to even start looking. I always go back. If, 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 he, if he went back in the general direction of where he came from, that's that's probably what he was doing. Fair. That's a fair assessment. And the other thing about a muzzleloader besides the smoke flash is – for whatever reason, these bigger, slower moving bullets, they tend to not have the best blood trails. Right. So staying, because muzzleloader is our next topic. You know what I mean? That's yeah. our next season here yeah. in Virginia. So this where it's going to become extremely effective. We're going to have the cool temperatures. We're going to have the leaf covers gone. You know, this is where we can really save the day. Yeah. And, you know, I actually, since the expo, have spent some time going around to taxidermists and just kind of like asking. You know, like, I'm trying to, I really, really want to further educate my stuff on the stuff that I don't do. Yeah, I'm guilty. I'm a massive bow hunter. That's my thing. Um, it's not that I have anything against killing deer with a gun. I just like bow hunting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I'm muscular hunt. But one of the things that Virginia offers here that I don't really take advantage of very much is dog hunting. Yeah. So, in theory, you would think, okay, we're dog hunting. Here comes a big buck. You know, rah, rah, rah. I mean, it's a wild hunt. And bang, 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 you bloody him up. Well, my logic or common sense, I guess, would say, well, when the dogs get there, if they get on, even if they get on another deal, deer, bring me bear or bring your favorite dog. You would think you could put that dog on there. And I'm finding out that's not the case at all. Like a lot of those hunting dogs from what I'm gathering aren't really a fan of blood. And I don't know if they just think it's a cold track or they're just like, nah, but I'm so I kind of expected me myself to, myself personally because I'm in the dog counties. You're not in a dog county. Very little. It used to be bigger, okay. but it's not as much anymore. Albert absolutely is not west of the Blue Ridge. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I figured once dog season came, I was going to slow down drastically and hopefully be helping these guys. And come to find out, not at all. And we're getting a ton of messages right now from other hunters. And everyone's kind of has that story, the one that got away, mm-hmm. you know, and just to save their thumbs a lot of times if i can do it i'll just be like hey man give me a call you know let's talk about that and to see the instances and um the hope that we've already brought back to people that have had that gut-wrenching experience of the biggest year they've ever had in their life and things didn't go as planned yeah this drone and all of the, the resource that we've been very fortunate and lucky to be able to become part of is going to really really save the day I mean, I can tell you for a fact, that buck that I found the other day, he's every bit of 145-inch eight-point. I mean, and that's, that's giant anywhere in the country. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, he's going to be 22 inches wide, and, I mean, he's got the tines, just a beautiful frame, five-and-a-half-plus-year-old Virginia giant eight, you know, Eastern Virginia buck at its finest. You know, those folks, had, I don't want to say they gave up because they clearly called us, but they asked, what should we do? I said, I'd like to come first thing in the morning. And I'm like, you know, so the story was I shoot the deer, um, 20 minutes of daylight left, prime time, right? Go up, I'm following blood. He gets into this open hay field. I can't really see a lot of blood and um, called a buddy. He recommended we call you. Okay. I already like where this is going. All right. So I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I have a link I send you. It has all all the information. I get your first, your middle, your email, your phone number, and the credit card payment information. It's all right there. I get a notification when that payment comes through. And then from there we go. This, This is the plan. So I opted to decide to wait until morning and went up there and dead deer. 
I mean, the absolute monster buck, you know, and they were like, we didn't even think he would go to that side of the farm. He spent all summer like this. That's completely opposite. Yeah. Like you said, he made it across that field. He's going to yeah. make it to cover. Yeah. He was only 15 yards inside the timber, but he, he knew he was going to that low spot, that little thick spot and that little bottom. And that's right where he was. There was three beds. He had bedded three different times. Oh, wow. And only got up like and walked two steps at, a, at some points. That was incredible to me. Mm-hmm. If we'd have gone running across that field the night before, you know, because I, oh, yeah. you just called it. I, I don't have very good patience. Ask my wife. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm on a search and I'm like this, I don't like what I'm seeing because of the canopy or foliage or something like that. My guide head immediately goes on and I land the drone and I get the lights out and I'm like, let's go. We're going to go. I'm going to go see this for myself. And that way I can see the blood and diagnose and maybe educate and maybe help. Because we're good trackers too. Right. Well, that's, <laughs> and that's, that's, that's kind of what I was going to get into here towards the end is let's talk about blood and what to look for. There's different types of blood. Yeah. When you see stringy blood versus spotty and then you got it you got it high up on the grass versus low you know low on the ground or you know sometimes you can establish whether yeah you have air bubbles in it yeah exactly that's you know know, so uh mark let's get into that a little bit on well sure you know what type of blood ideally you want that pink blood you want the pink air bubbles yeah Uh, that's the best blood to see that's the best blood to see dark blood that gets iffier i mean sometimes that's liver i mean it could be a leg dark blood is usually vein yeah you know it's not you're not uh looking at an artery type type deal um you know then you got a gut shot gut shot's going to be more you know your arrow should tell you that the arrow should tell you if it's a gut shot or not but gut shots 12 to 24 hours it takes them to die mm-hmm. liver shots uh two to five hours it could take yeah uh lung shot like you say 10 seconds yeah if Long's you double heart yeah, yeah pretty yeah, quick yeah it's it's over pretty quick 10 seconds is usually a long time yeah uh mark explain to them too folks might not know this i know this is a it's a little further down the road to most people will go with it sometimes but explain how a gut shot deer pass expires sure that's uh Ultimately, it's blood poisoning. Blood poisoning is ultimately what kills them. It's septic shock that sets in. Mm-hmm. And that, and it takes, it's like the last hour that it kills them. Yeah. I mean, they're perfectly like healthy and fine. They don't feel good, just like you would if you got punched in the gut. And they typically will lay down. Yeah, they will They don't want to move. Then they will not move unless yeah. something makes them move. Yeah, it's, they more, will, it's more painful for them to move. Exactly. Yeah. So they will lay there until they expire, but they will be alert and capable all the way up to that last hour. Yeah. And, you know, if you get on them any point before then, I mean, they are checking out at yeah. that point because don't, they, yeah, they, they, don't, they know you're after them. Yeah, you don't want to push them uh, because it's less blood. It's yeah. very difficult to track that. and um, It's 100% it, fatal. Yeah, it's, Most people it, don't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Shot it's, is 100% fatal. You are far better to shoot them in the gut than the shoulder. Yeah. The shoulder. I've had outfitters... Down. I've had people tell me outfitters would say, hey, man, if you got to shoot him in the gut, shoot him in the guts. I'm like, oh, man, I don't yeah. like hearing that. No. But like you said, it is 100% fatal. It just takes time. It takes and time. you just don't want to push that deer if a deer has been gut shot because you will run them right off your property onto somebody else's. Generally, a gut shot deer is going to stop within 100 yards or less. Mm-hmm. He's going to stop within 100 yards. The only way he would go further is if the arrow was still hanging in him and he felt that arrow. So he feels like the predator still has them yeah you know so that would be the only reason he would go a little bit further but he's going to go 100 yards or less and lay down yeah you know and I generally you won't on a, and correct me if i'm wrong 
because in, in my experiences, um, gut shot, you may not find a lot of blood initially. You may find it spotty towards the, the, the path that they have decided to take. Yeah. But you're you're typically not going to get a lot of blood on a gut shot. And and because sometimes the, you can... The, yeah, the guts actually block the hole. Exactly. They tend to yeah. block the hole. They don't let the blood out. Uh, you find a lot of blood in the bed just because the shifting of it, right. you know lets it out well and it's you know going back to paying attention to what you what you're doing if you know you shot it back some yeah then chances are you have gut shot them and if you do get not much blood then that should be a straight indication right there what do you think just to say i'm calling it quits i'm going back tomorrow or i'm going to call i'm going to call judd or call mark tomorrow and we're going to find this deer yeah just go home and get some rest Oh, oh, literally over the phone if you came to me with that and you're like I'm like alright it's 9pm what time did you shoot that deer hunter 640 okay so we're about two and a half hours into this right now I would come tonight and find them for you but hunter there's a good solid chance that deer is going to get up and move a couple times during the night yeah. let's do this I'll be at your house at 530 so go ahead and I'm going to get you my link so you got all my information and everything and you give me your address I'm going to see you at 530 we're going to fly before the sun comes up and that's going to really tell us a lot because if you think about 530 we're right there at that 12 hour mark anyway Right. if I go find them tonight for you agreed I can I would if someone's really like adamant about it I'm like alright yeah let's do it there's a good chance you might be calling me in the morning to say, can you come find him again? He wasn't there. His yeah. bed's there, but yeah. he won't there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cause sometimes coyotes can get them up. Sure. Yeah. Generally, I mean, with the deer, when they're hurt that bad, they're really not much competition for a coyote. Uh, the coyotes can usually keep them corralled. They're usually alive enough where the coyotes won't take them down yet. Sure. Except for that last hour. Right. Once they start getting groggy, the poison sets in and, yeah. and they expire, you know, but the thing with us, with the drones, Jut, myself, Albert, I mean, we have the state-of-the-art drones. These drones are made for search and rescue. I mean, they're made to find stuff. I mean, specifically designed to seek out. I mean, everything about them is specifically designed for this stuff. I mean, it is picture-perfect. I mean, the way the controller's laid out. I mean, when the leaves come off, I mean, it is, if that deer is dead, I mean, I feel 98% we're going to find that deer. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And you know, going back to the blood and and finding certain things, um, if anybody in that with with not as much experience about it, you know, all I'll tell people is, look, just take a deep breath, just you know, just find the blood. Just even if you got to get down on your hands and knees like you're the deer, and just look, where would I go? And you know what? What else am I looking for? If I if I lose lose some blood, what else? I mean, is there something that's some broken broken sticks, broken yeah. gla- um, grass, things like that that's pushed over? Is it tall grass? Is there blood up high on the mm-hmm. tall grass? Sometimes you don't you don't see yeah. that. Is it spraying? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, because uh, if the blood is getting thin, like your own like your own good blood, you hear a lot of people say, "I was on good blood," and then it started to get real thin. Sure, you stop bleeding. Well, he didn't stop bleeding. Right. He started running. Right. And he started running fast. Right. And those spots just got further apart. Mm-hmm. You know, he was walking and trotting, and now you've, for some reason, he is now, I mean, at a breakneck speed. Yep. And uh, that's usually when people lose it. They lose the blood, and then they call in a dog. The dog pushes them even further, and it just makes yeah. the situation so much worse. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we could talk about situational Oh my gosh! I mean, for days, 
Yeah. Like, you know, one time I shot one like this, you know, the bottom line is truth be told, if you shoot a deer and you get down and you don't like what you see at that shot site or that arrow and you turn around and walk the opposite way that the deer ran and get in your truck and leave and we come with a drone 12 hours later that deer's going to probably be inside of 250 yards sure typically yeah in your dream books you got a sanctuary now if you have six of your buddies and a dog grid searching your sanctuary running all your good books away that you've painstakingly kept bedding area for them yeah you've crushed you know? your hunting area yeah, for and the you've next sent week. it you've yeah. sent it if up I'm... and that but that drone can grid search and those deer are none the wiser yeah. they don't know you've even been there nothing even the bucks that you haven't shot that are perfectly alive we can see them yeah and they're usually typically just bedded just sitting there chewing their cud just doing what deer do and you haven't run them out right you know because we want to find that deer i mean to me like any of my neighbors shoot a deer, I'll, I'll practically do it for free. Yeah. Because I want, I want that deer tagged. Where you live at, Mark? I'm gonna move next. Yeah. I'm moving your neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because I want that deer tagged. Right. I don't, you know, because yeah. they're gonna shoot another deer if they don't tag that deer. They're gonna go shoot another deer. Yeah. And that's well, nothing, to me, that's heartbreaking. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's regret too. I mean, and buck fever, regret, all that. When I have not been able to locate or find it, it bothers me. Not just for a day. It bothers me. I'm sometimes all season. You know? For more reasons than one. And it's, it's not, not just, just because of the because rack. It's, yeah, it's not just because it's got a nice set of antlers on it. It's it's just, you know, that was your opportunity to, to make a kill, and, and, you, and you couldn't get it done. But when you probably actually did get it done yep. you know you just you just didn't have the opportunity to find it because you pushed it too hard or you just or you didn't look hard enough or you didn't didn't call Judd, you didn't call mark yep. um you know it nobody wants to have that that guilt and that regret you know what i mean i hate it you know i hate it i, I just love the fact that we have this technology now that um you know if if I wound a big one and I can't find it, I know who I know who I'm calling. You know, yeah, and that's and that's really what it comes down to. I mean, like if you are able to to get out and hunt and make a big shot, a good shot, along, you know, you make your shot. You, what you do next is really most important. You watching that deer as far as you can watch it running off. You watch, did it stop? Did it turn around? Did it switch? Is it tail swishing? There's a million different scenarios, but if that deer just tore out of there and you get down and your bolt doesn't look good, you know you got gut, there's not much blood, you backing out at that time right there, you will thank yourself every single time versus if you're like, hey, bring the boys and, you know, Fluffy and yeah. Oscar, you know, we're going to find this thing. Because like I said earlier, if you jump this deer, your st- your statistics of finding this deer go down drastically. I mean, that's where it runs onto the neighbor's you know that's where you know and you might not get along with that neighbor you know you might be out of town on a lease you know and you don't quite know everybody because you don't have the time to spend in the area yeah you know those people aren't going to know when they find it the next day to call and be like hey hunter did you shoot a buck over here you know yesterday in 10 point with a kicker they're gonna be like this must be the amount of staters you know what i mean Mm -hmm. well we could fly it and find it with the drone and you could actually have it in your favor to go hey I shot a buck yesterday afternoon, couldn't find it, had the drone come in, saw the thermal, and we checked. He looks like he's laying right in your logging road. Yeah. Could we go get, retrieve that deer? 
Yeah. You know, that's a whole lot different than trying to just trespass and, well, we'll just Track be real dogs. quick about it yeah. and we'll get a tracking dog in here. Yeah. These instances, these cases are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger why the drone makes more sense. Right. We're not spooking anything. We're not busting anything. We're not running through your sanctuary. I mean, you, you could actually get to the point where we find it and it's like, is there any other thermals around? Not really. He's dead. I'm going in to get him now before any other bucks move through there. Yeah. Because I don't want to bump them. I want to hunt them next week. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, and the, and the timing of the, like a, a hunting property, this is something we probably should talk about. Let's just say it's a hunt club. Mm-hmm. 2,000 acres, hunt club. You shot the deer. You call us. You shot them in the morning. Well, I'm not coming to look for that deer now. Yeah. Because... 20, 30 people hunt this property. You can't tell because once that drone goes up, all hunting on that property ends. That's right. Yep. So we need to wait till nighttime. Just about any hunt club, it's going to have to be a night search yep. just to make sure that nobody is hunting. And there's nothing wrong with waiting until nighttime. It's nope. If, if it's no. dead, dead is dead. That's, That's right. Whether That's it's at 7 a.m. or 7 p.m., the deer's dead. Yeah. 100%. So, I mean, you got up to 48 hours safely. Yeah. Safely. Safely you got up to 48 hours. So there's no need to, to rush it. Now, I know it's got to be patient, but yeah. if you're in a hunt club, you're going to get a nighttime search if I'm doing it. Yeah. You know, yeah. for sure. And we agreed upon that. Yeah. before season even started yeah, exactly. we were like you know because like there's that the unknown you know what i mean you didn't you know we went and looked for something for you and then your cousin jimmy came into town that you didn't even know and he's hunting the property that day well technically that's not okay all right you know so we we're like you know and the thermals are better yeah exactly you know what i mean so it's like well we're just gonna go at night and make this easy i love it when it rains yeah. i mean i like literally in the phone rings and somebody's like man it was right before it started ringing i'm like that's a great time to hunt i mean yeah. we all yeah. know this before the front yeah you know and then it's like now i i almost feel like it's it's so in my far in my advantage i'm like this is great i love flying in the rain because you can find just everything everything shows up i mean you're at 300 feet and you got possums showing up 700 feet with the rangefinder that's yeah, impressive you're finding yeah. squirrels. squirrels squirrels raccoons birds i mean you can see birds fly through your view yeah yeah i mean one well, it's in and it's the i hate trying to track in the rain it's very difficult and that's when people lose patience and that's when you lose patience or you you you, you, you go too far you push too hard um so yeah i mean yeah, rainy conditions good for you bad for tracking yeah yeah sunny days i've i'm like oh the sun yeah. it's, it's yeah. horrible i had a horse somebody wanted me to look for this horse has been gone for they thought, thought it was stolen possibly it had oh. been gone but it there was a big hunt club property right next to it and they had found tracks on this property so i'm like all right just get me as close to where you last seen tracks and you know mm-hmm if that horse is there, I'll find it. Yeah. You know, the sun was out, kind of a brutal search because everything was glowing. I mean, just every log, every Rock. spot that the sun could hit was glowing. But it's a horse, 2,000 pounds. I'm not – I could probably find it. In less than an hour, boom, you know, the horse is found and everybody's happy. Yeah. But if you were – you would never find that horse without that thermal image. No. You would mm-hmm. never. I it wasn't mean, like a clear cut, right? Yeah, it was like a clear cut. I mean, clear cut was about – 20 30 feet tall by that point i mean just full of briars and yeah you know that's gravy for the drone yeah the drone the worst part for the drone i would say like big oaks big timber big timber with big canopy that's probably the worst right now um 
It's only, it'll get better. Cutovers, cornfields, thickets, anything oh, like that. Cake I mean, work. is cake work. Well, and, you know, this this goes to show that your services are more than just deer recovery. You know what I mean? Sure. It's pet recovery. People. Uh, it could it be people recovery. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Hunt Club calls you and say, hey, uh, Petey yeah. ain't come back to his truck yet. Yeah. We need to find him. He's yeah. not answering his cell phone. I mean, I advertise it as anti-poaching, you know. Sure. If you got yeah. trespassers, uh I know in the past on our, you know, it's just sometimes it gets to be a problem. There are people that always want to sneak across the line. You oh, know, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you hear gunshots, but there shouldn't be gunshots. Mm-hmm. And this is something that can alleviate that. Sure. You know, you can spot somebody in a deer stand just as easy as anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to sacrifice a hunting day to do it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> it's like Alaska. You can't hunt the day you fly. That's yep. right. <laughs> Well, um, what else? Uh, any any other tips out there, Jut, Mark? I mean, uh, y'all have been uh, y'all have been starting the season off pretty hot. It's gonna, I'm sure, business will definitely pick up even more here soon too, especially during gun season. Muzzleloader definitely. Muzzleloader because people have a tendency not to sight those in right or not yeah. to clean them, and uh, that's always ends up. And muzzleloader, you don't get an exit wound a lot of times. Big, yeah. big fat bullet never comes out the other side, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, then that means better preparation for muzzleloader. And you still got time. So get out there, get those guns zeroed in. Uh, come to Greentop and buy some powder and bullets. Yeah. Got plenty of those. Get some white hots. Yeah, get it. Uh, if you need a bore sighted, we do all that here, too. We'll help you. We'll get you 75% of the way there. We'll, you can fine-tune it after you, we get it mounted and bore sighted for you. But, um, yeah, the muzzleloading season's coming on fast, and I tell you, the weather's looking good next week mm-hmm. um, for the last week of October. So, Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And just again, you know, we, we really appreciate you guys supporting us. Um, you know, this is the third time we've been on the podcast in six months. Yeah. So we really do appreciate it. And we're just trying to get the word out the best we can. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been making a lot of posts. You can follow, you know, check me out on Facebook, Judd Updike. Um, I've just been making a lot of posts of my experience, what I'm seeing. Um, anything I'm able to film, I'm putting it together in short films, you know, formats mm-hmm. for folks. And, you know, like I, I had to apply for my first waiver. That's something that I never had to do before, you know, and the uh, literally right by the airport, this fellow had his permission to hunt this property. And, you know, so I got to go through that experience. So I got that now. I can throw that in the book of learned how to's, Yeah, you know, <laughs> obey an air traffic control. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, we're, we're having a lot of fun with it. It's really cool meeting all the hunters. And we even, gosh, we would have never met each other, I don't think, in life had it been no, for this. But no. we're all like good friends. Albert comes and stays at Mike's during the show. And Albert yeah. goes offshore with Mike. And, mm-hmm. you know, Mark invited me. That's to right. Albert was going fishing with Mike, right? Yeah. Did they, did they, did they have any luck? Or? They had a rough day. I don't I don't remember exactly what went on that day. Mike's nobody Mike's, got sick, did oh, they? Oh, Mike's so bummed out he's not here. Oh yeah, that poor guy. Well, he's well. Mike's fishing, didn't he? He's fishing. Oh yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, he's he's sad that he missed this. Sword fish. Right. He's at that swordfish, isn't that billfish yeah, tournament? Right. <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, we've all gotten to the point where we talk on the phone every day now. Yeah. Because by running the same equipment, it's it's just like we were talking earlier, yeah. man. It's like the Matthews Phase Four. That's what. That's the equivalent to what we have for a drone. It's the latest, the greatest. It's designed specifically for search and rescue. You know, I had a situation go down with me the other day that his light, yeah, my light. light. Yeah. So all of a sudden, I'm in the middle of a search and my spotlight's not working. Mm. Okay, unplug it, plug it in, whatever. Drone detects it. 
nothing on the controller. So I'm starting to see there's a trend now that this is an issue. So, you know, I'm able to call Markup and be like, so what do I? What do you think I should do? He's like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll help you force a firmware update through. Well, that ain't happening. Yeah. Finally, after a, a much troubleshooting, I'm like, Mark, can can you dri- start driving? I'll start driving towards you. So we yeah, met. We met. Yeah. Up here at the Caroline County Welcome Center. Okay. So yeah. we met there. I put his light on my drone. <laughs> no problem. Put my light on his drone. No bueno. So Big problem. It, so we knew it was the light. So yeah, we knew it's it the light. A drone but I need a light. And as advanced, advanced as this drone is, you're not going to find this on a shelf. No. So I'm digging. I'm calling around, and I've already got people calling me and already booked me for searches that night. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like what am I going to do? <laughs> Just mark all the thermals and go back with a, with a floodlight, right? <laughs> you know. And lo and behold, my wife finds a similar product that'll work. And Portsmouth. So I'm back from Caroline County and all the way past New Kent. <laughs> there I went. You know, ran in there with Town Despair, and they're like, we never, we don't even hardly stock stuff for the Matrice class drone, but we literally got this in yesterday. So luckily I didn't miss any days or anything. Some always keep one or two in, in inventory. Yeah. 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 And they're not cheap. Yeah. You'd understand why they I'm don't sure. keep them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing about this has been cheap. Yeah. This is, this is, people. Complain about the price. Some people complain about the price. Some people say you don't charge enough. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's on both spectrums. But if you knew how much money we had in this, oh yeah, I mean, we're freaking flying a vehicle in the yeah. air. Yeah, you know, the, I mean, a brand new vehicle is, you know, so tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, and it, that could come down at any moment. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's just we're here to help. Yes, it's part of all of our businesses in one way or another. Because I can assure you, when deer season ends, Jarvis is still working. Oh, yeah. There's tons of other stuff that's going on. This is just something that made sense to me, to Mark, to Albert, to where we were like, gosh, you know, we could be of a help. But there's other companies that are starting to pop up out there now. And absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think that's great. The more of these are in the air, the better. Because for the first week of season, I was like... (laughs) You might as well just come sleep in my basement and take and I, half I, my calls. I might have to. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, because it was it was getting a little crazy. I mean, not only our exposure at Green Top, but all the marketing that we'd done. I mean, it was just ring, ring, ring. I'm like, holy crap, Ola, you know, getting home at one in the morning, out the door by five. Yeah, I'm like, I got a company to run too. You know? Yeah, I got to edit. So you know, with all that being said, you know, I just, you know. Be careful what you're looking at, because, yeah, there's guys out there right now. They just popped up last night. We've never heard of them. Never even heard no, of them. 200 bucks. We'll, we'll bring our drone out, and we'll find your deer. And you have to be, and, and nothing against them, No, nope. but just do your research and f- figure out what kind of drone that they have. Yeah. You know, and weigh that against your decision, you know, because the drones we have, I mean, they are, I mean, about the best you can get. Yeah. I mean, they are specifically designed for this. They have no other purpose but to find stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's they save doing. people's lives every day. Yeah. These drones are being used from police to fire to EMS all across. The payload options they have, it can carry its weight. So it can carry 10 pounds. I mean, they're they're dropping sacks out of the air with Narcan, two-way radios on boats that are burning, you know, water you know granola yeah flotation devices yeah you know these smaller drones they can't fly in the rain mm-hmm. they can't fly in the in yep. the and yep. our drone will go up in a downpour all weather and it'll heat the lens up and burn the moisture off really yeah when you start when you start these drones up first thing in the morning when they're cold you gotta let them heat the battery has an internal heater in itself mm-hmm. wow 
I mean, you're not dealing with Mickey Mouse here. This is this didn't come in the bottom of a well, I mean, Kellogg's box. I mean, that's why they're so expensive. Absolutely, yeah. but they're designed to be the workhorses that they are. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're able to mark stuff, position like that horse. The guy's wondering, how am I going to find that horse? I mean, its thing is deep in it, this cover. Well, I drop a pen on it. I drop a pen. He goes, well, how am I going to find that? I said, I want to punch the coordinates into your phone, and you're going to walk to the horse. Yeah, take your you know. Yeah. Right and now there there's too. a now there's the QR code. Yeah, that comes up. Yeah. So when I I click on the on the so when you mark you when you drop a pen it it gives you a QR code latitude just, yep latitude wow. longitude altitude <laughs> elevation everything so I'll hit that and you, and Hunter walks up was whoop my my thing up you're good you'll come walking up with your phone and literally hold your camera just like you're at the restaurant during COVID remember yeah oh yeah the QR code uh-huh. click on that it's going to open you up into Earth or whatever or just give you a copy and paste latitude longitude put it on X put it on your Google I'm going to tell you have a great day I got another call to do and send me a picture and you're going to walk right to it yep yeah. walk right to it yep he walked right to that horse I mean he went right to it just like I mean you could see it's hard you can see in the video the, the horse hears him coming he hears the horse but they can't see that's how thick it is <laughs> right. the horse is probably the, just lost it's like yeah, where, where he, are you at he's he probably is, grateful he yeah. is and I, I told him I was on the phone with him I said the horse hears you he's coming to you Yeah. and the horse come running around that's pretty and cool. found him because yeah. I said shake yeah. that bucket of food yeah. he heard that bucket of food because <laughs> he was pretty hungry yeah that's fine that's pretty cool <laughs> well Mark again how, how do we find uh, you I am uh, at Back 40 Drone Works on Facebook. You can look me up at back40droneworks.com. There's a website. Uh, my phone number is 703-887-2309. Okay. And, Jut, we've got all your stuff. In, uh, yes, sir. Captured yeah. Media. Captured Media. And um, you, you've you been mostly north, central Virginia, Mark? Yeah. So, yeah. Mike, like. Carolina County and above. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fredericksburg, Stafford. Yeah. We'll go anywhere. Yeah. You know, we're, we're just trying to keep we're trying to keep the areas to the 425 uh, without char- charging mileage. Yeah. Sure. Uh, if you know, because it only makes sense. Yeah, but there might be uh, Mark. You might be slammed one night. And you got four people that yeah. need stuff. Just you know, found, recovered. And you're gonna call Jut, who maybe doesn't have anything, and he's yeah. gonna take on something, you know. Yeah, exactly. So that's pretty cool that y'all are kind of sharing the wealth there. Yeah, I yeah. had a call. I had a call. It was three hours away down in Smith Mountain Lake. Oh wow! Yeah. I'm like, whew. So I called Albert. Yeah. You know, and I was like, hey, take this one. Yeah. You know, because if I drive three hours down, three hours back, I mean, I could give up two calls <laughs> right here at the house. Exactly. It just doesn't doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, you know, well, so it's good that they're together, you know, triangulate and just yeah. uh, see who's closest and yeah. who, who can who can handle what. Yeah, don't compete when you can collaborate. Yeah, absolutely, that's a hundred percent. And that's why I said we're not talking poo poo about these other drone companies that are coming in, but absolutely. we can't verify their con- their their sure. equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and like I said, it's going to be when it's raining and it's going to be windy. It's going to be we have a cold fall coming up. You know, and yeah. going into winter, so we all are running the exact same setups. So that makes it great. Like when I yep. was in a bind, I got two people right now I can call. Two months ago, before I even met these guys, 
yeah. I, I mean, you're trying to figure it out. I mean, it's like owning something that no other civilian owns. I'd have to go and like knock on a fire department and be like, do you guys have an M30T? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can someone help me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's about all I had. Because yeah. you go online and everything's click to translate. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all, I mean, Ukraine's using the crap out of them right now. Oh, yeah. The M30Ts. Yeah. What we're using, Jarvis? Yeah. Yeah. Because they're sitting there and just, like, that's literally the, one of their biggest defense mechanisms against Russia right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, guys, thanks for being here and uh, enlightening our listeners on um, blood trails, tracking, patience, and, uh, and drones, of course. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Mark, Jut, again, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank thanks, you. guys. Thanks for listening to the Green Top Outdoors podcast. Hunting, fishing, and all things outdoors. It's not just a hobby. It's a lifestyle. Like and subscribe to the Green Top Outdoors podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and learn more about Green Top at greentophuntfish.com.